The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with tonight's episode of Benched with Bubba, I want to talk to you about rotoballer.com, proud sponsor of the show. Do my written content over at rotoballer.com, and this podcast is a part of the Rotoballer Radio Network. So I want to let you know that uh, football season quickly approaching with you guys. Win big in 2021 with rotoballer.com's NFL Premium Pass. Are you ready to dominate your season long in DFS leagues? Rotoballer's NFL Premium Pass and Draft Kit include rankings, projections, and cheat sheets for all formats. Get exclusive draft articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chats. Join in on the winning and take 50% off any premium pass. Use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A, for another 10% discount. Just visit rotoballer.com backslash radio, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ben with Bubba, episode 400. Got a special guest joining me tonight for the first time joining me on Ben with Bubba. You can check out his content over at fantasypros.com. Doing a lot of stuff over there because Joey P. Spia can't handle anything on his own. That's just the way it works <laughs> with Joey P. But you can find him on Twitter at Mike Mayer, M-A-H-E-R. Mike, how we doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. No, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being flexible last week. I appreciate that. So, uh um yeah it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to having you um i, I had you on my list and i just can't forget and stupid things happen but I'm, I'm glad we got to uh finally link up today and record some fantasy baseball content uh before we get started on that what uh why don't you let everybody know what you got going on over there at fantasy pros because you are, are very very busy i'm very busy yeah i'm uh kind of trying to do a little bit of everything right now baseball and football content i'm still finishing out the year strong with uh baseball uh, doing my weekly weekly uh, quick grades article, which for those who aren't familiar, I, I basically grade every player in baseball every week, uh, more for, more or less for like starter sit grades. And it takes me forever and it's exhausting and I can't wait for it to end. 
Um, but that takes up a lot of my time. I did a lot of stack stack cast review and then I'm doing some editorial stuff and then filling in a lot on the, uh, fantasy pros, their daily morning baseball show leading off. Yeah, no, it's, it's good content. Fantasy pros does great stuff. Uh, I was on a little bit with Joe off and on before the season started. So it's, and Joe's a good friend of mine. That's why I just give him a hard time. I've been doing stuff with Joe for a long, long time, but, um, yeah, Fantasy Pro is always great stuff. That's why it's called Fantasy Pros. And you go get all the good stuff there with football starting up. Like I use their I, – I went to my live draft. The only live draft I ever have anymore. It's the same home league we've had forever. And everyone's got their printed out sheets and everything. I just go to the consensus ADP rankings. And that's just what I use every time. And people are like, what is that? I'm like, like they're all using ESPN. or They're, they're naming off all the sites. I'm like, no, let's go to Fantasy Pros. Like, what do you mean? Well, it has all the ones you mentioned together. And then it makes it so much easier right here. It's like – Oh, that's that's good. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, really easy. All of them. It's yeah. just all of them. Exactly. It's everything. So it makes life good. But Fancy Pros does great stuff over there, and uh, it seems like it keeps growing, which is good to see too. So that's yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Especially since they added Dan Harris full time, mm-hmm. they're just like full steam ahead, pumping out all kinds of great stuff over there. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what's next over there. But uh, I was kind of telling Mike off air before we started tonight's show. It's kind of like a smorgasbord of recent news and what we're thinking for the last like three weeks of the season. And you can't really make too many crazy things more than just like, hey, would you really drop this guy kind of things? Because there's not very many comfortable situations with some big time names, but it might be the right move type situation. So we'll start things off here. Jesus Aguilar of the Miami Marlins on the IL with left knee inflammation. At one point in time, he was crushing everything, kind of been quiet for a little bit. Young team that really, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't play again this season. Like why rush him back? So I, are we in agreement? You can just kind of drop uh, Aguilar on this one. Yeah, yeah, I would just drop him. I don't know if he's going to come back, and if he does, how quickly he's going to come back. If you obviously, if you have the space, you can you can stash him. But if you need the spot, I think you can just move on. He's been for a while. He was like leading the league in RBI, which was nuts. But he's been also. I, I covered the Marlins for Fantasy Pros, and I've just had to run a, write a ton of uh, Aguilar updates. And he's been pretty up and down like throughout the year. He, like he started out really hot, but then at one point he was like batting like 240. And then so it's been kind of a roller coaster. And I don't think you really need to to hold on at this point. Yeah. And then you, you look at roster resource and uh, they have Lewin Davis, you know, a prospect for the Marlins who people have high hopes for. Showed some power in the minors, especially this year, hitting 20 home runs. He's hit three homers so far in his 20, or 17 games. He's hitting a buck oh eight. He's probably going to get some run for a few weeks, but do you think it's worth a, a, an ad at this point in time? Not in not in most standard leagues, I wouldn't think so. Maybe in a deeper league if you're really desperate, but probably not. Yeah, 100% with you on that one. Uh, let's talk about the Philadelphia Phillies. This has nothing to do with this season, but I think it's interesting to talk about because Zach Eflin, he kind of he left, on, he went put on the IL about a month ago now, it feels like, and um, didn't seem to be something too crazy, like out a couple weeks, whatever. Then he tried to come back. I remember like throwing bullpens. Then he got shut down again. Now he has reconstructive knee surgery. He's out six to eight months. So I have no idea. It's like, is it the Mets staff taking care of his knee or what's going on? But like Zach had a very up and down year. And he has a lot of talk about him going into the season. People are high on him. What's your take on him? And obviously he's going to miss the start of the season, but he should be back at some point in time. Are you a believer that we might get like a bounce back season out of Zach? Obviously pure speculation here. Yeah, it's really hard to... It's hard to know. And it's funny, before we we hopped on, I actually ran a Twitter search on myself talking about Zach Eflin because I've talked about him a lot for like since 2019. And like I've been in on him. I've been out on him. And I looked at like I remember really diving into his pitch mix because like in 2019, he threw his sinker like 20 something percent of the time. And then 2020, it was like up over 50 percent. 
And I was like, this is interesting. I don't know how sustainable it is, but you know, he's having a lot of success. And then this year, sinker is still way up, but it was down like in the forties. And I remember like a, a lot of times I was like, you know, there's some negative regression coming. There's some, you know, some positive things are coming his way. And I've kind of been like in and out on him like several times. And because of that, and because of this injury, I don't know. I don't really know what what to expect next year. I'm with you. Like, I I was never a Zach Eflin guy in this offseason. I'm like, I'm looking at what people are talking about, the changes. I'm like, okay, I could see it where he's going ADP-wise. Like, if it falls right, I'm in. So I had him in a couple leagues, and it started out awesome. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Like, here we go. Then it started getting the old Zach Eflin there. And then he threw, like, one good one mixed in to kind of keep you on. And I finally dropped him a couple weeks before he even went on the IL, so I kind of dodged that bullet for the most part. But I don't, yeah, I kind of, I don't know if I'm gonna be gun shy or not, but uh, he's gonna be free if not even not drafted because he's gonna miss the first month or so. But I'm really curious to see where he goes and how he, um, I guess, the rehab goes in that situation. But he was a very, very popular name going into draft season, and now he's he's gone. Uh, another popular name in the minor league circuit, the Tampa Bay Rays have added uh, are called up Josh Lowe because they don't have enough of them. For those that don't know, that's Nathaniel Lowe's. It's Nathaniel now. Did you uh, did you see the name change? Nathaniel Lowe's is what it is now. It's it, it actually has been driving me nuts because <laughs> of quick grades. Because I actually like I oh for searching like, for like I do a lot yeah. of like pulling of data mm-hmm. and then I like sync projections and match it with other stats that I pulled and like the one site has him as Nate and another one has him as Nathaniel. And I always think I'm like missing a player. And then I realize it's the same guy. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Cause I do DFS shows and I got all the kind of DraftKings and stuff. All of a sudden just one day it's like Nathaniel and I'm sitting there going, what in the world? Like what? Like, like sure. You want to change your name? Cool. But what, what just happened here? And it's just the little stupid things in a six month season where you're just like, yeah, what is this? But um, it's his, it's his younger brother. Who's a stud ball player. Cause that's what the race do. This gets stud prospect after stud prospect. He had 21 home runs, 24 steals in the minors this year and 19, 18 home runs, 30 steals. He's always had speed. The power has been developing. Got to start last night. Um, you know, didn't get, a, didn't get a hit, but he got on base, stole another bag um, in the, in, against uh, was it, who were they playing? I can't think of a thing, but Red, um, Sox. Red Sox, you are correct. He should get some decent run here. I think, I don't know. It's the race. So I, you got, you got to have like a grain of salt here, but uh, how aggressive would you be to try to add this guy come uh, Sunday fab periods? I mean, at this point of the season, if you have any fab left, true, you know, take the swing, especially if you need steals. I'm a little concerned. I don't know if he's going to stay up, you know, cause I think isn't the Rosa Reina on the yeah. paternity leave. Yeah. So it's potential. He goes right back down. True. But he's someone I have in – I don't have any redraft shares, uh, at least not yet. But I have a, a ton of, like, dynasty shares. And I kept looking to, like – you know, I was on, like, roster crunches, and I kept looking to, like, drop him. And then I would look at his numbers and be like, okay, this is why I have him. I'm not going to drop him. And so now that he's coming up, it's exciting. I just uh, – hopefully he stays up for a little while, but, you know, you never know. But if you're desperate for steals, you know, take a swing. Yeah. And I'm with you. That's one thing I, I forgot to mention because I was looking at that actually about an hour ago. I'm like, wait, Rosarena got put on the paternity list like a day or two ago. So the bright side is he should be back this weekend, which means we'll know before Fab on Sunday because usually paternity is only like three days or so, give or take. Yep. So we should know by like Saturday what the situation is. But it's just it's the raise. They could always do raise things. It's so annoying. But I, I wouldn't be shocked like because with that different um, – there's no 40-man roster – in September this year, he'd be up for sure. But now right. it makes it much more intriguing. So I'm curious to see where that goes. But he's going to be a, a fun name come redraft season next year because they should be able to clear a spot for him, you'd hope. And they got him. You got um, Bruhan that should get another chance back up there. Ray's going to do Ray's things. It's what they do very, very well. 
Uh, yeah. Speaking of another uh, prospect getting the call up here, Colton Welker of the Colorado Rockies. I had the pleasure of seeing him play against San Jose like, three or four years ago. That was used to be the Giants' high A team. Now it's their low A team. And he was Welker is a big-time prospect with the Rockies. He was kind of like glove-first, developing power situation. Well, then he got popped for steroids, which was fun. So he missed 50 games for that. But now he's kind of – he started out the year in like the Arizona League, went through single A, triple A. Now he's in the bigs. Not a lot of power to show for it, not a lot of speed, but pretty decent average type profile with Welker. Again, it's the Rockies. So how much do you trust him? I don't know. Any interest in a guy like Welker this weekend? No, and uh, pretty much for the reason reasons that you mentioned. One, he's probably a better like real life baseball prospect than uh, than a fantasy prospect. And then like I I maybe it's just Rockies fatigue. I just don't trust them anymore. <laughs> I'm just so tired of doing this with the Rockies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, outside of deeper leagues, I'm I, you know he doesn't really do it for me as a you know an asset in fantasy. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring him up. I I wouldn't do it because you just look at his profile. Maybe the kid finds something eventually. I don't think it's going to be the last two weeks of the season, especially in Colorado, because what are they going to do? Rest McMahon or if the, never mind. They could do all these things because it's Colorado. Right, but right. it's like McMahon and Rogers and Hampson better be on the darn diamond, and somehow one of them will probably sit for like like uh, Rod, or uh, Welker's hitting six tonight playing third base. I think McMahon, if I remember, has the day off. So there you go. Like it's already happening, and I'm just like, oh, come on, guys. But um, it's something to monitor. I'd say at best he plays like four days a week at best. So it just uh, kind of depends on what your roster is looking like. But I, I'd be very, very hesitant. I've already heard some people like, oh, great, he got called up. I'm like, it's the Rockies. Slow down and enjoy it for a second. It's going to be. Yeah. Is Suarez pitching tonight? For Are they facing the Phillies yeah, and Suarez? Facing, so, it's yeah, a lefty, so that's why McMahon is out. Right. So it looks like they might. Because McMahon has been on the skids for like the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Has not nearly been the guy that we hoped he would be all season. So that could be a platoon situation for sure. So I guess if you look at his roster and see like NFBC leagues, where you, get, you can do two switches a week and maybe he's got a couple lefties, I guess. I just don't see the profile. Like when he was in single A, when I saw him, everybody thought he'd be like the next Arenado and grow into this power. But then you go look at his page, like his stats page, and it's like he hasn't figured it out yet. He just hasn't got there yet. Not saying he can't, still super young, but uh, mm-hmm. ain't there yet. Let's talk about a couple of Padres pitchers because it's been fun all season railing on Blake Snell for being so, so bad, but he has been very, very good of late. Like I've even changed course for those who listen to my, my, my daily show that I do. I've even like apologized and said he's <laughs> figured something out. It's, it's working, the pitch mix change and everything. So that's interesting for one. You Darvish, he, you know, I thought, it, I think it was the injury that was kind of messing with the velo and everything. He looked great, or at least looked more like Darvish on Wednesday night, throwing a really good out given the Angels help with a lot of things. What are you thinking for these guys in the coming up weeks here? You got Snell, you got Darvish um, going forward. How trustworthy or how, how would you just lock them in basically? Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about both of these guys recently on leading off with, uh, with Dan and with Brendan Tuma. And uh, I joked that the real reason that Blake Snell turned things around is that I traded him after his like six ERA July. Uh, well, it was so after all, it was after all the Twitter yeah. drama, like just drop Blake Snell, just drop him. Yeah. We don't even start him. And then, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't drop him, but I did trade him. So for everyone who held on, you're welcome. I'm I'm responsible. Um, but I think both of them, even even though Darvish hasn't been great lately, I mean he's you Darvish, and you have him. I doubt you have a staff strong enough to not start you Darvish. Um, so I think you just start both of them, especially in Roto, and just take the good with the bad. Uh, more specifically with Darvish, but you know just lock them in going forward because if you if you don't start them, you're probably going to stream someone who has a lower floor. That's the biggest thing is it's and it's going to be a conversation for a lot of the names coming up here. It's like 
even if it's like mediocre work out of these guys, it's probably better than whatever you're grabbing on the waiver wire. So it right. makes it even a more interesting predicament, I, I guess you could say. And um, with Darvish, I I, I, I 100% think it was the um, the injury that messed with him. And hopefully this is a sign of, hey, he's getting better and whatnot. But it'll be interesting come next season because he was a was he mid to late second round uh, pick, maybe early third round this past year. But now you got Sale back. You might have a Verlander back. It makes things a little more interesting. I'll say that much. But um, looking at the schedule going forward, the Dodgers or the, the Padres have three at the Dodgers, four at the Giants, three at the Cardinals. Then they're home for three against the Giants. They have four a two a doubleheader in two games against the Braves, and then three at the Dodgers. So they're facing playoff teams the rest of the season. So that's that's a tough schedule. That'll be interesting. That's, we'll see just just how good they are. It's not ideal for rostering those pitchers in head-to-head playoff matchups. Yeah, that's why it'll be a definite like uh, situation because you know Giants hit lefties, Dodgers bats have to wake up eventually. They just have to. Yeah. Um, then Cardinals and Braves, they're always capable of something. So yep. it'll be fun to watch those matchups play out. Uh, Freddie Peralta talking about a team that's already locked up a playoff berth and can kind of take things easy. The Milwaukee Brewers, and I think they're doing it with Freddie Peralta. I'm hoping that's what they're doing because he had a short outing two starts ago, and then last night on Wednesday night. He got into the fourth inning, got about 81 pitches in, but in that fourth inning, his velocity was dropping. So, like, we haven't seen any news on Thursday about what's up with Freddie, but do you think it's just they're managing his innings again, or is there maybe a concern that something's not right with Freddie Peralta? Maybe both. Maybe, you know, it's def- <laughs> yeah. maybe both. But, uh, yeah, definitely, what is it, like five earned runs in his last five and two-thirds innings, um, a couple short outings, and the velocity is obviously the major concern. But I think there was a point where we were kind of like, worrying about this in like june and and into july we're like you know there's like a real innings concern coming up here and then we kind of ran into it and so it shouldn't really surprise surprise us but now this short outings combined with the dip in velocity you know you would hope if they're just kind of like protecting him that the velocity also wouldn't be going down in like a you know a three or four inning start but you know the two things combined it wouldn't be surprising like you said to kind of see him maybe like spend some more time on the injured list, kind of similar to like what the White Sox are doing with their guys. 100%. That's what, that'll bring me to my next question. Obviously, we have a couple days before we have to make the final decision here. What's it going to take for you to just say, hey, I need guys that are throwing innings. I'm going to drop Freddie Peralta. Oh, man. That's a tough one. I, mean, I saw, I guess, I saw yeah. some big NFBC guys mentioning that they were debating it right now after the, the, the velocity drop last night. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a tough one especially if you have to make the call before like his next start monday yeah 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 i mean i guess yeah hopefully you get some more news kind of like heading into the weekend but yeah. i guess it really depends on like your crunch but i you know if you're in like an like an npc league you know you probably don't have a lot of free free spots to play with yeah and that's that's kind of the thing is i know a lot of people have il spots you can stash guys in and everything so that changes things so i try to keep the idea of hey, we don't have any il spots your il is full so it makes it uh much more intriguing to say the least on how this works and i'm, I'm pulling up uh I, I think he'd be a two-stepper next week if if he stays in the rotation mm-hmm. and that makes things even more fun so let's see what milwaukee has in store next week um on their schedule um, no, Peralta would only have one start next week at Detroit, though. That's not too bad. And then he has only one start in the following week. He only played five games next week. So he's got mm-hmm. Detroit and then St. Louis would be his two matchups. Yeah, I could see them babying this one along. This could be quite yeah. interesting. 
So. Yeah, especially if they can space things out a little bit. Yeah, I guess it really it's situation by situation if you have to pull the trigger. But I, I didn't even consider that until you mentioned it. But now I guess I, I could see your point. Yeah, because the only reason I bring it up is because the NFBC guys are a different breed, as everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, and I'm starting to enjoy it more and more. I thought it was just insanity, but I, I get the appeal to it now. I do. Mm-hmm. The price point I'd like to see more accessible for all. That's been my biggest argument the whole time, but the format and everything I love. But um, you need innings, period. Like That's just like the biggest thing. And so if you got Freddie out there going, I'm used to my six to seven, just lock down innings, and now he's throwing two or three and might give up a run. Like I had Rikidi go, he went three innings, and they're babying him back, but he gave up two runs, and now he has an ERA of six, and that stings. Like, yeah. so it's a different animal now. Cause if you go six and gives up two, we're cool. But it, it really brings the perspective into like, would I be better off using a reliever that pitches three or four times this week? And yeah. that it, it's a fun conversation to be had. And it's weird having to think I'm, I'm going to drop a guy that was my ace for like four and a half months, probably. So yeah, he's been so good. Yeah. But you just, you never thought about it. You just left him in. It was, it was a spot you didn't worry about in your, in your rotation. And another guy is Garrett Cole who got a short outing on Monday night or Tuesday night against Toronto hamstring injury, but good news came out about an hour or so before two hours before we recorded or so he threw like kind of he threw a bullpen or he's just throwing in the outfield feels good. Supposed to start next week. So I think we're, I think we're good there, Mike. Yeah, I think so. And the Yankees kind of downplayed it immediately when they pulled him out. They were like, look, it was just feeling a little bit tight. We didn't want to get any worse. We can't afford to lose him. So we just kind of pulled back, and it seems like he's fine. No IL stint. He's going to return next week, so you can just keep him in your lineups. Yeah, no, I think we're good to go there. The one thing with the Yankees to keep an eye on, um, except all well, this changes now because Jameson Tyon went on the IL today as well. I was going to say they want to go six-man rotation, so it still makes things interesting. Now they might be back to five-man. So I guess my question would be for you. Luis Eel looked like he'd probably be kind of getting pushed out of the rotation after that wonderful outing he had on Wednesday night where he walked seven and struck out six. Like <laughs> it, was, it was total like Nuke Lelouch type stuff out there. The talent's great, but that's what you could get at times with him. But now he should get another chance. So if he's on your waiver wire, are you intrigued with that strikeout upside? Um, I could tell you real quick who they have for a matchup right here. The Yankees, he would be slotted to – I'm guessing he'd take Tyon's spot which would be against Cleveland next week. So that's not a terrible matchup. So, you know, in in a format where you need the innings, I could see, you know, going with that. If it's head-to-head playoffs, uh, probably not, because that could be, you know, that could kill your ERA and or whip for the week just for for the one outing. But if you're in Roto and you need the innings, I could see being intrigued in the short term. Yeah, definitely, because they're going to need him next week. They play seven games next week. And I'm assuming he just take tie on spot, but maybe they move guys around and go yeah. there. But uh, he should get it because he wasn't scheduled to pitch next week. But he looks like he's locked back into the rotation. I'd imagine unless they get a bullpen game in there or something. But they need wins. They're they're starting to get interesting there in New York. Toronto's creeping up, which should, I would love nothing better to see like the Blue Jays and the White Sox, like all these young teams. Like get the Yankees out of here. I'm sorry if you're a Yankees <laughs> fan, but just get them out of here. It's like I'm the opposite. I'm a Red Sox fan. So oh, also a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. But yeah. I also, you know, I have a soft spot for the Blue Jays despite being in the division with them. They're fun, man. They're fun. Like I I the playoffs need some fun to it. It's been so like and I like the Red Sox too. That's the thing is I don't mind the Red Sox, but yeah. What do you think about um the whole thing Renfro said today? That was wild. That was wild. Yeah, that came out. It was like, nowhere. yeah, baseball said just don't test for COVID. Or we're like, uh I'm sorry, what? what? 
Yeah. <laughs> We've only had an outbreak here. Stop testing because we don't need you to get any more people testing positive. What? <laughs> yeah. I, part of me is thinking this is um this is a great time to drop that. You know, it's opening night of football. No one's paying attention. Just slide yeah. this one in real quick. Oh, yeah. man. That yeah, was wild. Did, did someone not like prep him not to say that? Yeah, you're not supposed to say that, Hunter Renfro. Like, watch out, buddy. Watch, watch when you're walking down the street tonight. This could get bad for you. Yeah. No. Um, all right. So I, 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 tar- I tag this next section like home stretch heroes, which I realize is a dumb name for this stretch. <laughs> it's basically conversations we've been having already with just other players that are either playing well. There's injury questions, so on and so forth. Can they help us or can they not help us down the stretch here? And when I wrote this out. I didn't have all the news we have today because we have some positive news on some of these guys that made me feel a lot better. But I guess there's still some questions to be made. We'll start with Lucas Giolito. Two things that came out. Giolito should be scheduled to start, I believe, next Tuesday or Wednesday. Should be good to go there. And I listened to the Chris Rose report uh, rotation uh, that came out on Thursday, and Giolito was one of his guys, and he was on the show. And Gio flat out told him they looked at his MRI. It was like a minor thing. He basically said if this was October, he would have stayed in the game and kept pitching. Like he flat out said, this is he's, his words, and it is, I'm glad someone finally says, "Oh, we are we have a comfortable enough lead. There's no reason to ruin this. I'll be fine." And I was like, "Thank you. You Perfect. guys couldn't have said that like two weeks ago." Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're good with Gio. Or do you have concerns that they still kind of baby him through this, and it makes like the whole Freddie Peralta thing where it's he might only throw three or four innings? I think I think we're mostly in the clear here. They might it, it might be more like pulling him a little bit earlier out of starts. Like he's probably not throwing 110 pitches, hundred pitches. He might go only 80 or 90, but I think is, you know, I think he's still going to give you five or six innings and mm-hmm. enough to qualify for wins. Yep. hundred percent with you there. That's kind of where my head's at. It's like, he's going to, um, he's going to get his, cause at the, at the last part, they still need him ready for the postseason. Like we need mm-hmm. him. So when that October clicks, he can still go 110. Like they need that out of him. So I'm with you there. And the same goes Lance Lynn. Good news came out as he threw a bullpen session he might come back as early as Sunday, it looks like. And we know he's a horse. So I, are we good with Lynn just like we're good with Gio? Yeah, I think you have to be if you have him. Especially it will be great to see if he comes back Sunday before you're going to have to worry about lineups for next week. Um, I think he gave up like seven runs in his last start, so that wasn't great. But, mm-hmm. you know, that was probably just what he was dealing with. And hopefully his little time off kind of helps him, you know, clear all that up. Yeah, no, ho- hoping things go positively there. One of the pieces of news that surprised me quite a bit, uh, looking at uh, some some news sites, Tim Anderson, Tony LaRusso came out and said there is no timetable for his return. Then I see on Thursday he's out there taking ground balls before the game, so that's a positive. But again, it could go back to what Gilito said: is why rush him back? Like, and he's not a pitcher that needs to get his arm back up. Like, literally, I'd be confident with Tim Anderson stepping in the box like, like October second, leading off game one of the, and I wouldn't care. Like, I'd be fine. So this one is interesting, and obviously we have a few more days to figure it out, but if he's on the IL for another week to 10 days, that's over half of the rest of the season. So how are we feeling about that? That's a tough one. I, I think he'll come back sooner rather than later, but it, it is concerning that I think like two days ago, Larissa said no timetable. Yeah. And then right after that, he was like taking batting practice and taking grounders and like, you know, quote unquote, resuming baseball activities. And you're like, okay, this is cool. He's at least like on the field doing things. And then I think Larissa said again, like still no timetable, yeah. which is not great. But you have to think if he's doing at least those things that like maybe no timetable means like a week or five days and not like two weeks. Yeah, I guess my biggest concern with Tim Anderson, it's like, OK, we'll bring you we're, we're going to activate you. but We're going to play like every two or three days. Yeah. And now it's like so you're setting him in a weekly lineup, but he's still not playing every day. 
it's such a conundrum that I, I, I have him in one league in a PC league. I don't like my four and I haven't dropped him yet because I don't need to, but it's like, if you got that roster spot, it becomes very, very interesting. And with fab being so low for everybody, an opponent can grab him probably for like two or three bucks the next week because no one's got money. And that's the last thing you want to see is like the guys that are ahead of you grabbing Tim Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. you get some more strategy there with like, it's not necessarily like you not having him anymore. It's you losing him and someone else adding him in a week. Right. It's like, you got to really look at your roster and go, can I get rid of like that seventh starting pitcher? Like there's got to be someone else I can get rid of before. If it's that bad, I'm probably not contending anyway. So let's just look at it that way. So True. let's hope that is what it is, but let's talk about a positive one. One that we know is good for now is Aaron Savale, who was activated off the IL. I believe he has another start this weekend. So he a two start this past week as he he came back, but he looked pretty darn good in his first outing. Uh, the swinging strikes were there as he was locating things like Savali likes to do. Went four and two thirds, one earned, six Ks against Minnesota. You'd imagine they're going to want to kind of see what they can get out of him getting ready for next season. He should be available, or maybe available on some waiver wires. Like he's got to be near the top of starting pitcher options, don't you think? Yeah, you would think so. It's it's interesting that he's already over he's he's missed over two months, but he's still way over he's not way over. He's like at 102 innings. Mm-hmm. So that kind of jumped out. I was like, wow, I didn't realize he had already thrown 102 innings, like despite missing like the last two months and change. And so that was uh, that was kind of like jumped out at me. But I did kind of like scroll back and look at his history. And he has he's not like one of those guys who's been like hurt and babied like throughout the minors. Like he has topped hundred innings multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the minor leagues and so there's at least you would think with that kind of track record and with him you know getting those two months off that he should get some decent run going down the stretch to kind of more even if it's just like a tune-up for next season and if anyone has ever listened to leading off even when i'm not on uh the show they tease me about being so in on like every cleveland pitcher and so i'm also in on Savale. Well, why not be in on every Cleveland? Like they they got a track record that says you should be in on every Cleveland starting pitcher. And Savali is a guy that I I I dropped when he got hurt because I couldn't. He was a spot I needed to fill up. I kind of wish I still had him, but I I couldn't leave him sitting there for this long. And for a while there, the the news was so like you had no clue what was going on. It was all over the board. But I love this guy's stuff, so if he's available. I would grab him for sure because you know they got Logan Allen, they got Plesac, you got McKenzie, Quantrill, Morgan. They have a six man going right now, but it's some young arms that have been kind of up and down. Like I wouldn't be shocked if you start seeing some piggybacking going on between some of those guys just to get their innings, but maybe confidence as well. So it could be quite interesting. Uh, since you are a Cleveland pitching fan, as you said, I've been asking kind of recent guests this. So I just want to get your opinion. What's your thoughts on this kind of Tristan McKenzie? rejuvenation we've seen is this something you kind of believe going into 2022 yeah maybe not to this extent but Mm -hmm. he was someone i was like i wouldn't say high on but like intrigued by and interested in coming into the season and i think in one auction league i grabbed him late for a dollar uh just and unfortunately didn't hold on to him long enough to see that investment through but someone i've already i've always kind of like been intrigued by and i i knew he had this kind of upside in him I don't know if we're going to see this kind of like sustained performance like we're seeing right now, but I do believe he's going to be, you know, a reliable pitcher in fantasy for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Cleveland just keeps doing it because Plesak, he's not as good as he was last year, but he's probably not as bad as he's been this year is the way I look at him. He's probably a good three or four, like just not an ace. He's not going to be, he's not going to be Bieber, but they'll get Bieber back next year. Most likely I would see, I don't see why not. 
They're going to have Savali, hopefully, for the start of the season. Then you throw Plesak in there. Then you got Quantrill, who's been really good getting his strikeouts fixed. That's a Cleveland project right there. All of a sudden, he got his, like he couldn't strike anybody out, and now he's striking guys out. And then you mentioned McKenzie. That is not a bad five-man rotation to start the season with. So, And you still got Logan Allen, who's shown okay signs from here and there. Like He's not an AC. They're probably a good four or five. Um, got Eli Morgan, who's had his moments as well. Like it's an interesting situation, and they're young, so they haven't really got to work with them a ton yet. So it's like, let me let me have like a real off season with all this COVID stuff going on and everything, and see what see what we can do with you type thing. Gonna be interesting in Cleveland. Now I just gotta see if they trade J Ram or not this off season. But yeah, that's a whole, whole another conversation. I feel I feel bad for those fans. I, I really do. Them and like the, the Cubs fans, even though the Cubs have so much awesome stuff there, just watching teams get treated like that is unbelievable. Yeah, um, great. No, let's go to the big red machine. Cincinnati Reds here. Jesse Winker was having an amazing season, doing everything we've wanted and more for a long time now. And then he gets hurt and he reaggravates it. And then he starts rehabbing again. And now he has another setback. Are you dropping him? <sighs> I mean, I, I kind of like took the L on him earlier in the year because I was I wasn't in on Winker. And then he was just like so hot out of the gate. And I was like, Man, I missed on that one. And then he was cold in July, but then he, you know, before he got hurt, he was hot again in August. I I thought they were saying there's like a rehab assignment coming soon. Has there been another setback? Is that what happened? Yeah, let me look it up. Let me search his name real quick. When I was looking last night on NBC Sports Edge, the news, uh, the latest bit on Jesse Winker. That's right here. Um, come on, load. <laughs> there it is. Um, David Bell. I don't know this. Jess on. September 7th, so two days ago, Jesse Winker suffered a minor setback recently with his intercostal strain. Uh, yeah, I had yeah. not seen that. I there was hope that he was still coming up for a, re- a rehab assignment. And yeah, like said there was day. hope he'd be starting his rehab assignment uh, over the weekend, and now there's been a setback. I have failed as a baseball analyst. <laughs> I wouldn't have known it either unless I set, <laughs> made an outline last night. I would have no idea. <laughs> uh, that's not great. No, I guess uh, yeah, uh, just like we talked about with some of the other guys, we have kind of a couple days to see if any more news comes out. But, you know, setback and yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, probably, an, it's yeah. an intercostal strain. It's a muscle thing. So those can get like there's no no timetable, no way of knowing they're healthy unless you start testing them out. And so many things start coming up there. It's such a weird situation. So it's going to be a it, to me, if he doesn't start his rehab by like Sunday, and there's no new news out, I think I kind of have to move on. Again, maybe you have room to hold on to him. I don't know because the Reds are competing for that wild card spot, so they need all hands on deck. So once they give him the go-ahead to play, he's going to play. He'll be back probably leading off for the Reds. That's a pretty darn good place to be. So yeah, um, it makes it tricky. Like Freddie Peralta, I'd be more inclined to drop. Tim Anderson, I'd probably be more inclined to drop than Jesse Winker because those teams, they don't need those guys right now. Winker is going to be like a top priority when they have him back. So it's a tricky one. I was very bummed when I saw that setback, but I know people have been holding on to him, waiting to make that happen. So, yeah, a lot of interesting news to come out this weekend. Um, Glaber Torres, this is one that I took the L on many times ago. Um, it was Glaber and Javi were my two short stuff. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to get these two guys, rock and roll. Like, and then, like, Polanco and those guys can be middle infielders. But these, I want one of these big short stops. And I went half and half, so I didn't go overweight on one of them. Should have just went on Javi. But, um, Glaber Torres has been horrible, absolutely horrible. Yeah. And even since he came back from the IL, 
he's been horrible, and he's not starting every day now. I was gonna say now he's on the bench. Yeah, he's starting. <laughs> he's starting tonight on Thursday, but I think he's sat the last two nights. Um, I dropped him a while ago. Would you just agree it's time to probably drop him everywhere? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, unless you're, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't even really know where you can make the case. Obviously, keeper in dynasty, you don't, you don't, you yeah. don't drop him. But like redraft, uh, I mean, if he's been this bad, and I don't know the injured list, and now he's just like on the bench every you know i think he he sat like two days in a row and like three out of five days like i you know you don't have time for that in september <laughs> no well on on the same vein and that same team um joey Val joey gallo has been atrocious since coming over yeah. like the strikeout rate everything's just been so bad and they benched him the other night to kind of clear his head what would you would you keep running him out there i'd probably hold on to him a little bit longer but uh yeah i mean on leading off Brendan Toome has been talking about like since the trade he's been like you know where's everyone gonna play and when everyone comes back healthy and I was like it's one of those things that it's right now it's a good problem to have but it's probably gonna work itself out because someone's gonna stink and yeah. unfortunately a few people have stunk uh ever since they went on that winning streak but I mean you saw that that fit with Gallo and that porch in Yankee Stadium and you were like whoa this guy could hit like 800 home runs in the second half and he's just been awful which he has, you know, he's he's gone through this before and then gotten hot. So the power output there is still appealing, but it is, it's you know, it's tough with when he's struggling and also like you know potentially like being platooned or you know hitting the bench because it's not like it's not like they. I mean, they have other people they can play, which is yeah. you know kind of the problem. Yeah, their their lineup situation bums me out. Like you got second straight night now Gardner's leading off. That one's just like I guess what they got. He's, he's actually hitting for him. But I get annoyed watching Luke Voigt sit on the bench because I think he's too darn good. And I get they got Rizzo, and I was already kind of – I understood why they got him, but I was like, at the same time. And he hasn't been that good since, like, the first three games he was with them. But they keep benching Voigt. Like, I love the lineup where I think Voigt was dh They had Stanton and Judge in the outfield, which is nothing you ever want to do full-time. So that's why they don't do it. But, man, that lineup was fierce. And they just had all the toys in the world. But it, hasn't, it has not panned out, to say the least. So – We'll see how that pans out. I, I bet that really bums you out. Yeah, yeah. I was actually really bummed that. I mean, I've been like trying to not vent too much on Twitter um, since the trade deadline, but I was so angry <laughs> that this Red Sox team was just so clearly overperforming in the first half yeah. and had clear needs, including a first baseman where Anthony Rizzo would have been a perfect, perfect. fit for them Come and home, some pitching, and they, did, <laughs> and they did and they did neither. Yeah. I was like, well, what do you, you know, they've been like free falling ever since. And I was like, well, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I, I was feeling like that. I still, I, I hold out part of it in the back of my head, but over like the last couple of weeks as a Giants fan, where the Giants, like they're, they're doing well, but they're still kind of like they're, they, they were having that stretch last week where it was rough. Like they're really bullpen games and everything. And the Dodgers just couldn't lose at all. And I'm just watching them like the Giants are going to lose this and be in the wild card, lose the wild card game. It's going to be freaking ridiculous. Like, <laughs> and the, and like the whole trade deadline, I'm like, Go get a starting pitcher. Go get like so when Scherzer goes to LA, I'm like, you gotta be kidding. Me. Even Jose, like, go get Jose Barrios. Get somebody. Like, do something. And like I trust Farhan. Like he's done amazing things. The Giants are ahead of schedule. I get all that, so I should be happy. But I'm like, they've made it this far. Um, this this can't happen. Like, don't do this to me. And watching it where the, the guys that they traded for are doing great for LA and the Giants are just scuffling to build anything of a of a pulse. And I'm like, oh no. So I know I know what you're thinking. I'm hundred percent there. But uh, no one wants to hear me complain because the Giants are actually doing stuff. So it's it's amazing. But I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Still am very, very <laughs> pessimistic on the whole situation. 
All right, let's talk about a young pitcher here for the Texas Rangers, AJ Alexi. They've been a lot of fun. You know, they, they brought up um, Otto, who's been pretty decent, and a couple other arms to go with this. They, they've had a fun little run here of young arms, but Alexi's been one that's been talked about a ton. He's gone five or more. He's gone five innings and six, like 11 innings total in his two starts, one hit in each start, no runs, two walks, three walks, and he struck out a total of 11 so far. And that's at home against Colorado and at the Angels. So, again, two teams you can take advantage of. They're the good matchups for a kid to get comfortable. But he seems like he has decent enough stuff to potentially help you for three or four more starts. So what are your thoughts on Alexi for the next few weeks? I'm concerned. Um, like you said, great stuff. Uh, very intriguing. He's There's a lot of walks, though. I mean, going back to like the minors, there's a ton of walks, and his, which is – doesn't immediately jump out because his whip is very good because he just no one gets hits off of him because his batting average against is, is so low. But you start to see those walk numbers and you can start seeing like, you know, like a heel situation, uh, you know, where he walks seven guys in a game. And, you know, that potential to just implode is scary to me. But it is, you know, you talk about one of the, those like deeper leagues where you need innings. Mm-hmm. Those are innings that are intriguing because, you know, they could come with, you know, like you know, like we just saw, eleven innings, no runs, a ton of strikeouts. Um, but the, those walks scare me. Yeah, and the real interesting part will be watching the waiver wire this weekend because he's scheduled for two starts next week. But they are at home against the Astros and at home against the White Sox. Not sure how excited that makes people. <laughs> how excited would that make you? Not very, not very. And I, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't done quick grades this week, but. Uh, that's something that I'm going to look at and probably yeah. not love it. It's like, cause it's like you said, it's like, we really need innings right now, but are these the innings you want? <laughs> this yeah. is a, quite the predicament. The following week, he looks like he'd be scheduled to pitch at Baltimore, which also can be a nasty place to pitch in this time of the year. So it's been a good run. We'll see how it keeps going when we uh, evaluate things at the end of the year. If he gets through this stretch, it's going to be real fun to talk about in, in a few weeks. Yeah. Are we um, sure he's going to stay in the rotation? See, they don't. They only have him penciled. Like, well, they only have him scheduled on here, and it could change. But they only have him scheduled here for this week. Next week's undecided, so his spot would be at Baltimore. Um, I don't know. He could. He could bounce. They could take Hearn out. There's a lot of options because I mean, Ari Har is nothing special. So they they could move all kinds of guys around in this rotation in Texas. But uh, who's supposed to be coming back that I'm not, I'm forgetting about? Is it Spencer Howard. He's uh, still in the faulty. rotation. Fulty is the one becoming like Howard's still in the rotation here. Okay. So Fulty would be the guy if he hops back in. I'd love to see who they replace because I picked up Glenn Otto in a lot of leagues. So that would make me very angry. But <laughs> it also probably save me some pain because he has Houston next week and the Yankees the following week. So it'd probably do me good to take Otto off my roster. So yeah, go for that one, Astros. Do I mean, uh, Rangers do that, please. <laughs> um, Yoshi Sitsugo. This is a fun one. It's probably more of a daily moves league because he doesn't start every day but man when he's starting right now mike it's been pretty darn good um for the, the pirates he's failed didn't fail he didn't succeed with the with the tampa bay buck or tampa bay rays football season folks tampa <laughs> bay rays and uh they, they basically let him go and he's been crushing it with pittsburgh right now so he's available on a ton of waiver wires how excited would you be or eager would you be to grab him um, he's a guy that I graded last week in quick grades. And I, when I do quick grades, it's like very formula based and it's, it's, there's no real opinion from my end. I just follow the formula and the grades are what they are. And when I'm done, I always kind of double check and scroll through to make sure there aren't any like glaring mistakes. And I got to him last mm-hmm. week and he was like an 85. And I was like, this has to be a mistake. <laughs> Who is, why, why is Yoshi an 85? And I started looking it up and I was like, wow, okay, it's real. 
And I haven't looked to see how he's doing this week, but I imagine it's pretty well. I don't have any shares, but to me, he's more, like you said, like a daily league guy um, where you can kind of like move him in and out of your lineup. And a lot of people on Twitter these days are asking me like rest of season questions. And I'm like, that's really hard for me because I'm very week to week right now. Mm-hmm. So you're asking me like rest of the week, I can, I can answer you, yeah. but like, I'm, I'm very week to week, especially with guys like that. And, um, you know, we just saw what like Frank Schwindel was doing. Um, I had him graded really high and then he was awesome. And then I kind of had him lower and people were like, you're nuts. And so far, so good. But um, hopefully he doesn't have a strong week because then I'll look bad. But for me, it's week, it's week to week, especially with like these these fringe guys. But when, you, when, you're, when you're using a formula, A, people don't understand that when they see your rankings because they just go, this guy was hot. I'm like, well, I'm talking about the next six games, not the past six. So that, that, that always makes it interesting. If your formula is working, and obviously it is because you're using it still, then you just got to trust the formula. That's what I like. I use a, a model for like my DFS golf. And I'm like, there's certain weeks I'm like, how is this guy rated so high? Like it's telling me to use him. I'm like, I just go, just trust it. Just trust it. That's what it says. Just believe in, believe in your model. That's what it's here for. So that's what your deal is. And I'm looking at Susugo. He's, he's hitting all three games this week. He's had a five game hitting streak right now. Um, he's got a double this week. He's homeward in the two games on Saturday and Sunday, but he's playing well so far. And since he's come over to the pod, I mean, to the pirates, on August 16th, he's hitting 286 with uh, 12 extra base hits, seven home runs. He's um, got a 243 BABIP and still hitting 286. Like, the dude is raking right now. It's pretty crazy to watch what he's doing. And, like, I wrote him up. I do an outfield waiver wire column at Rotoballer. And I wrote him up as, like, a deep league ad a couple weeks ago. And, like, people are like, oh, you're crazy. He doesn't play. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm just throwing him out there for you. And then, like, people are like, last week, why didn't you write them up? I'm like, I can't write them every week. Like, read read the stuff and put them out there. It's very, <laughs> come on, guys. There's a reason I tell you it's deep league at one point and then go. That's how it works. But I think he's a very intriguing ad. He's got first base outfit eligibility. So have some fun with that as well. Yep. All right. Some more to talk about here. Talking about a guy catching fire of late and, you know, honestly, about time. And he's in your <laughs> backyard, at least on your team. Bobby Dahlbeck. This is a guy that I drafted at a lot of places this year, and I dropped in a lot of places this year. And I don't feel bad about the drop part because it was that bad. It was really, right. really bad. But my goodness, just since August 25th, it seems like he has clicked another switch. Like you can go deeper if you want. So he had some some nice games intermixed in there. But since August 25th, he's hitting 357. He's hit safely in all but three games. He has six home runs. He's even walking 12 and a half percent of the time. But almost more impressively to me, he's only striking out 23% of the time, which for Bobby Dahlbeck, for those that don't know, that's like cutting it in half. <laughs> that's crazy yeah. good. So what's your thoughts on Bobby Dahlbeck right now? Yeah, I mean, everything that you said, stri- the cutting down the strikeouts were huge. Um, I'm like you. I was, I had a ton of shares. I was buying into him, you know, especially at like what he was doing in the spring training. He was like powered all fields, looking great. And then the season started and he just couldn't hit anything. And more importantly, his bat just looked slow when you watched him. And I was like, uh, and then he started pressing, I think, and it was ugly. And then, of course, you know, finally now he's hot. But I also, I wonder, one, how long it's going to last. Mm-hmm. And then, two, they've kind of, like, been talking about, I mean, he's already been platooned, but he's kind of, like, earned the playing time back. But they're also, they're talking more about, like, platooning him maybe with, like, Verdugo, with, like, Kike Hernandez moving around. Mm-hmm. So that's not great to hear. No. But he's definitely going to be in the lineup versus lefties and probably like some softer righty matchups. But you do have to worry about playing time. And then also, you know, with how hot he's been, he's there's the potential to cool off soon. But if you need the power, you know, you can kind of I definitely like him more in daily leagues where I can move yeah. him in and out of my lineup. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm 100 percent on the daily thing because. That's where he got so frustrating. Even before they demoted him, they started platooning him. And it's just like, okay, I can't even you – know, I'm not going to play this guessing game right now. This is not going to work for me. So, um, 
and it stings, but that's kind of my, my mental way of saying, well, you're okay. Cause he's still not going to play every day. <laughs> like when he plays, he crushes, but even in a daily moves league, like the other day, he didn't start, he came in and then he hit two home runs after that. So that would have been so tilting, like so yeah. and very crazy tilting, but um, really looking forward to seeing him next year and seeing what he can do. Cause it's one of those things I've talked I talk about a ton on multiple shows. I get really annoyed when they pigeonhole guys as platoon players and some guys earn it eventually. Like I get it. But without giving like a really good run at it, you can't like the example I always get as a homer is Brandon Belt. They said could never hit lefties. And so they never let him hit lefties. And then all of a sudden, like they were having a horrible year. Like, well, let's let the kid play. By a full season's end, they're like, oh wait, he's good enough against lefties and his gloves a gold glove glove. So this actually works. What a concept. So like I'm not saying Bobby Dahlback could be that, but I think he could be better than average, like or at least least average type deal. So that maybe they bring in a lefty reliever and he's already in the game and now he crushes one. Like take advantage of that kind of situation. So yeah. we'll see how Brandon, that goes. Brandon Belt is actually who I was telling people to start over Frank Schwindel this week, and people were like, "Are you nuts?" <laughs> Belt had three games in Coors. Like what the heck? And then he gets a he gets a juicy matchup this weekend too. Who the heck is it? I'm, I'm blanking, but they have a nice one coming up this weekend, too. So, yeah, no, he the Giants were set up for some success this week. That's a, a given, yes. But, hey, roll with it. I, I love belts. I'm a, I'm a belter, and I'm kind of hoping for his sake he goes to a ballpark that will appreciate his power after this season. Like, let him go have a couple years, like 35 home runs, just to make people get quiet for a little bit because I believe he has it. We'll see if he really does, but I think he's got some big-time pop. A uh, few more guys here. Actually, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned his name as a platoon with Dahlbeck. What has happened to Alex Verdugo? I don't know, man. Because <laughs> I have him in a couple of leagues. Like it's OBP league, so I hold on to him. But now that he's not even playing every day. I'm just like, I gotta just do it. It's getting crazy. Yeah, yeah and like it, he's gotten cold before, and then he would like heat back up, and then you know the power mm-hmm. hasn't really been there, and then he would have like a big hit, and he's got. He seems like he has so much swag, and like you, you hope he just has that confidence to just kind of like bounce back. But it's just it's kind of not there right now, and. The Schwarber edition was so freaking weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get it at the time. I didn't like it at the time. I still don't really get it. And it's not like I don't like him, but it was like, where does where like does they fit? needed like a first baseman or you know, someone who could like fill in at a different position, but like they already had outfielders. And I mean Jaron Duran didn't work out, but like they they already had outfielders and they already have like a full-time DH. Why would you get Kyle Schwarber? And so now like he's like rotating into like left field and that's not great. And I don't really get it. Yeah. They want that bat, but they don't have a DH spot for him because they have one JD Martinez. So it makes it very, very difficult to say the least because Schwarber's a beast, but yeah, he, he doesn't need to be playing the field very much. Just doesn't need to be happening. Uh, a few more guys here, Brad Miller. I was telling people, cause I was a huge Reese Hoskins guy this year. I had him everywhere. And when he went down, I said, well, Brad Miller's going to play every day if you want to roll those dice. It wasn't the guy I wanted to be my top priority, but uh, he's out there. And now he's playing every day, and he's he's playing good enough is what I'll say. He's not a, a world beater by any means. But uh, do you have any interest in Brad Miller? Do you think he can, could be a guy worth grabbing for the, the stretch run, or is it more just uh, there's probably better options out there? I think there's probably better options out there. I mean, I've streamed him a, a ton at different points this season and it's, you know, with mixed results, but I also think they're still going to like sit him down versus lefties, you know, mm-hmm. at least often enough to kind of like annoy you. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're good at that. Um, Antonio <laughs> Sensatella is facing Brad Miller on, on Thursday night. So we'll see how that one goes. But Antonio Sensatella has been amazing. Like the, the Rockies pitching has been really, really bizarre this year to say the least. Like, if I had to pinpoint the Rockies problem this year, it actually wouldn't be the pitching in my mind, which is a rarity with mm-hmm. Colorado. 
But Sensatella has been very good. He's on 132 pitches, which is almost a career high. Uh, the wins aren't there, but you know, a 416 ERA, a 361 FIP, 411 XFIP. He's been decent, like pretty good. The strikeouts aren't there. Um, is he a guy going forward? Now, let me pull before I let you answer, let me tell you who they got coming up because I'm guessing it's the West that you don't want to face. But well, he's got at Atlanta next week, and then he's got Dodgers and potentially the Giants after that. So, with that being known, how interested would you be in Antonio Sensatello? Not very interested. And he's thrown like five straight quality starts, which is very surprising and intriguing. But like you said, the 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 thing there is there aren't a ton of strikeouts. And so with that clear kind of ceiling, are you willing to take the risk? You know, you know there's like limited upside. Do you want to take the risk of that floor? And the answer is probably not. Yeah, that's where I every week I'm sitting. He's like, he's on so many waiver wires. And every week I'm like, well, he's been pitching well. But it's Antonio Sensatella, and he's just not like there's it doesn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy. It's like I want to go take a chance with someone else and see where it goes. So yeah, maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe he goes and shuts down the Giants next week and it really shuts me up. But uh, we'll see how that goes. A guy that's been pro- a guy that's been proving me really, really wrong. And I like I didn't really catch on to till about halfway through this stretch, but since August, August 4th, every start he's made since August 4th, Steven Matz has been, I'm gonna say, really, really good. Five or more innings in all but one start. He's made seven starts. Two run runs or less in every single start. Five or more Ks in half, like four of the seven starts. So the Ks are kind of still an issue. But, you know, he's been at New York. He's faced Baltimore. Detroit's not a walkover versus lefties. Um, he, he's had some, some some difficult matchups. But overall, he's pitching really well. Is he a guy that you'd be interested in, in going forward? Because Toronto's schedule will not be easy. We know it won't be easy. Like he's scheduled to go up against uh, well, Minnesota next week isn't as bad as it once looked, and potentially at Minnesota, he might get Minnesota the next two starts. So how does that that's make you think bad. about Steven Matz? Well, that's more intriguing because the thing there has always been, you know, pitching in the AL East because you're also you're facing AL East lineups in AL East ballparks, and both yeah. of those things are not great. But he has a two point two two ERA in the second half, which is not what I expected to find no. when I looked him up when I saw his name on the sheet. So <laughs> that's why I brought um, him up. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, so yeah, intriguing, especially short term two starts against the Twins. That's much more intriguing than like facing the Yankees in Yankee Stadium or the Red Sox at Fenway Park or even the Orioles in Camden. Uh, the Twins is you know a little bit more intriguing. Yeah, that's why I was surprised when I said, well, let me check out his schedule. I was guaranteeing someone in the East, like one of the power up. Yeah. The, the fact you get the Twins back-to-back, that's not too shabby there. So that is quite, quite intriguing. Let's talk Eric Lauer. Back-to-back seven innings performances, Philadelphia and at the Giants. One run-run total, nine Ks total over that run. He's shown some okay strikeout stuff. He's had some decent outings. Usually doesn't go too deep, though, so I kind of crossed him off. Like I, I stopped rolling with him. But back-to-back seven inning performances, if they're going to limit Peralta – maybe even limit Burns a bit because they talked about doing that at times. They're going to need Lauer to throw innings. So he's coming up in the next few weeks here. He has um, at Detroit next week and then versus St. Louis and potentially versus the Mets. So is Eric Lauer a guy that you'd be interested in? Yeah, and I actually talked about him uh, after this most recent start, I think on Wednesday morning, Uh, whenever he let, I think he pitched on Tuesday, so Wednesday morning. His ERA is like quietly down to 3.18, which, you know, and like you said, the strikeouts aren't great, but it's like he's just under, I think, one an inning, which is, you know, definitely serviceable, not not terrible. And yeah, if they're going to start kind of resting, like you can't rest everyone, right? You, yep. you can't just do that to your bullpen. And he's thrown seven innings, two starts in a row. So if he's going to go 
six, seven innings. I'm interested in that, depending on matchups, and it sounds like they're not going to be terrible. And I think, uh, who would you rather have? I was asked this question, go, uh, you know, if, for the rest of the season, Eric Lauer or Tanner Houck of the Red Sox? I'm a huge Tanner Houck fan, and I Me get too. so I get so annoyed the way they baby him along right now, and the whole yo-yoing all season. I guess if you need any, oh, see, it's tough because Tanner Houck will get more strikeouts regardless of the innings. Right, I'd feel confident, but if you need wins, Tanner Houck's never going to qualify for a win. It feels like, um, mm. wow, this is ridiculous. I'd probably still go Tanner Houck, hoping for like he squeaks through five and gets you a bunch of strikeouts. But in the grand scheme of things, the Brewers are going to win baseball games still, and they're going to let Lauer go six plus. Lauer's probably the right answer there, but I think it's just me being stubborn because I I just I like Tanner Houck too much and it annoys me how they're using him right. Yeah, I get it; he's young. I'm not foolish in that regard, but you're trying to make the playoffs. Let the kid pitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you ask the question like two or three weeks ago, it's an easy answer. It's easily Houck. But oh yeah, but now it's like now, we've seen it enough where they're not yo-yoing him anymore, and they're still making him only throw some. Like it was was it last week against Cleveland where he went four or five and he was at like. 80 pitches and they yanked he was dealing yeah. absolutely dealing yep. i'm like what are you doing <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah i don't have to tell you um yeah. <laughs> uh, ranger suarez this was one that another this, this is the beauty of doing daily shows like you do and i do is like you start noticing things that don't just stand out right away it's like hmm so like i noticed a couple like last start oh wow i thought they were just gonna baby ranger suarez the whole season go three or four and like as an opener not so fast He's gone over five innings and three straight starts, or gone at least five innings and three straight starts. His last outing, he only went 70 pitches, but the previous two, like 92 and 98 or something like that. So he's stretching out. He's got five or more Ks in all three starts, one and run or less in all three starts. He's looking like the reliever we loved, but he's transitioned it to a starter's role. He's pitching on Thursday night against the Road Rockies. We'll see how that goes. But um, this is a guy that it depends on how savvy your leagues are. He might be sitting around, but he gets the Cubs next week at home. And then the following week, he's got two steps, Baltimore at home and then Pittsburgh at home. I'm pretty excited about the prospects of, uh, of Ranger Suarez. Yeah, yeah, I'm in on Ranger Suarez. And he was one, um, one of those guys like earlier in the year when it – because he was he was like the closer at one point in, yep. in Philly. And I was like, that's weird. I don't really remember Ranger Suarez being good enough to be a closer. And then he was, and he was good. And then they were like, you know what? This is really working out, but now we're going to make him a starter. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's probably not going to work out either. And l- like you said, they've been like kind of like very slowly stretching them out because it's it's hard to go from like closer to starter like middle of the season, which is kind of nuts to do. But like 1.38 ERA, and you know a lot of that is in the bullpen. But he's made six or seven starts, and they've not been bad. And he's you know starting to pitch deeper and deeper into games. I'm definitely interested in Ranger Suarez. Yeah, I am all about it. The fact they're stretching him out because I'm like I, I thought there was no way. The most annoying part is I was all happy I got him for cheap. I thought as a closer on the Fab Wire, I used him for like three weeks and like oh we're gonna transition. I'm like oh well I can't hold on to this and I dropped him. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there like uh, not, to me I'm st- still the right move at the time, but I'm like oh this would be fun to have right now and all my other guys' ratios are blowing up and I could have Ranger Suarez sitting here. I'm like this is sweet, but um, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. But yeah, I'm 100 percent like him Lauer. It's it's that time of the year, like we say it all the time on Tuesday show, me and Toby. It's like we we recap like the week in fab, and it's like this time of year, it's not about the sexy name anymore, guys. It's about what can I use to qualify just to like be good right now. Like I don't care what their name is or how much it costs. This is what we're doing. So that's the fun part about it. Uh, last guy I'm going to ask you about here is Ronaldo Lopez. Um, 
this one surprised me because it's like, okay, we've, we've done the Ronaldo Lopez experience. We've <laughs> rode that ride so many times. It's just been a headache. But then he started pitching out of the bullpen, and it's like that whole thing, like uh, something clicked. Like, hey, I can use my fastball more. I can do this or that. And now it's, it's different. And then when he came back in the rotation, the spot start or whatever, he looked good. Like, he wasn't bad. Caveat. Lynn should be back soon. Julio's right. going to be back soon. Uh, if you look at roster resource, he's filling Carlos Rodon's spot right now, which is a huge question mark these days. Like, I wouldn't be shocked even for the rest of the year if you see Rodon and Ronaldo piggyback each other just to limit the innings. That wouldn't shock yep. me. Um, like, if you look at the projections for pitchers, Rodon's scheduled to pitch. But if you look at roster resource, you have Lopez. So, basically, keep an eye on the news. How interested would you be in Ronaldo Lopez if, A, he's starting next week? And the Rodon start would be first the Angels, or they announce, hey, we're going to piggyback and let Rodon go three or four, let Ronaldo come in, which gives you a chance for a win, too. God, uh, I feel like I'm not that interested, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I get it because it's like, I, part of me, I wonder if it's like PTSD from like all, all the Ronaldo Lopez years where it's like every offseason, it's kind of like Zach Eflin. We'll bring this full circle. Yeah. It's like, hey, this guy's so good. Look at his pitch mix. We all buy in. And then it's just like every week you're just like, oh, this yeah, is miserable. That's John Gray every year for me. Every year I'm like, I will not have shares of John Gray this year. So and then every year I have at least one. That's good. That's really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious with Ronaldo. I have not put a bid in on him any week. I keep looking at him. Like, I'm like, maybe I should. I don't. But it's just like I'm impressed with what he's doing. That's all I'm going to say. And so I'm curious to see what he what he does this offseason and what the situation looks like there in Chicago because Gio should still be there. Lynn will be there for sure. But um, Rodon was only a one-year deal. So we'll see how that one – I think he's only a one-year deal. So we'll have to see how that one pans out. But, uh, Mike, I think – oh, I have two listener questions from last week before I had to postpone the show. So let me get those real quick because I don't want to you know disappoint Yancey Eaton here. Um, <laughs> Yancey had a question. Who is Mike's 2022 SP2 behind Garrett Cole? I mean, the joke answer would be Zach Plesak because I'm a, I'm a big Plesak guy. But I, for me, it's probably Corbin Burns at this point, right? He's one of them. Um, I've, I've been debating this quite a bit because like, I love DeGrom, but there's a lot of questions there. Lots that's, of questions yeah, there. Yeah, that's the question mark. And Lots you, of questions I mean, there. Health aside, you would probably say DeGrom. But yes, DeGrom, if but I knew he was 100%. Question, yeah. yeah, if he was 100% DeGrom-esque, like, I'd almost have him over. Like, those two, like, it's 1A, 1B. I don't, I don't argue with anybody that has them either way. Like it's net, like if you want one over the other, cool. They better be your top two type thing. That's all I care about. Um, the discussion I've had a lot lately, and I, I don't disagree with Burns at all because the dude's been just disgusting. Mine is Walker Bueller, and Damn. I think I like two years ago before COVID hit when I did my bold predictions piece, and then COVID ruined everything. I said Walker Bueller is going to be your NL Cy Young Award winner, and that was before he was stretched out to be the guy that he, we're seeing. Now he's stretched out, and we're seeing this dude that's just a beast. So I think you're good. You're good either way with like a Burns or Bueller. To me, it's in that range. Um, I don't see like any of the other guys like Bieber. He's got too many question marks again with his injury situation because yeah. every time they kept trying to bring him back, there were setbacks. It's just like, yeah. So a lot of injury questions that make it quite interesting. Question for you, or two questions for you, real quick, because you mentioned this, and I've been kind of limiting the 2022 talk, but this is kind of harmless 2022 talk. Hmm. Someone on my last show had a question, so I want to get it from you, Justin Verlander. Where do you put him next year in draft season? Jeez. Assuming he's healthy because he's got his whole year off of Tommy John. And I told someone, well, I want your answer first and I'll give my two cents. So what's your thoughts on Verlander? That's hard to say. Another year older, a year away from baseball, inning concerns, 
but he's also, you know, it's probably like ride or die. It's probably like they're not going to like baby him, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just limit his innings. He's probably just going to go until his arm falls off. So I could see me having some shares because he's going to be pretty low, I would imagine. Yeah. But it's hard to know, you know, without like looking at the rankings, kind of like where he would be. But like, you know, he's probably SP3 territory, right? At least I think if we know he's good to go and you see like spring training stuff where the velos there and everything, I, I am, I might be crazy talking it, but I'm thinking like two, three turn in a 15 team league. I could right. like, uh, cause you know, the SPs get pushed and pushed and pushed. I could see him being there because the biggest thing you mentioned there that I, is my logic behind it. They're not babying him. It's not your normal Tommy John situation. Like right. Verla- and he won't let you baby him either. Yeah. He, it's his mentality. He's like, I'm old. I only got a few more years left. I'm throwing like, just leave me alone. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. He's not, he's not like a 24 year old that you need for the next 10 years. He does not care. So that's my biggest thing is he, he's a different case. So if he's healthy to me, he's more like the Verlander pre-injury to me in my mind than a normal Tommy John guy. So, yeah. And that's what I thought was going to happen with Charlie Morton this year. I thought this was like his like final ride. And then he just signed an extension. <laughs> yeah, I feel so dumb because I'm like, I, res- like, I kept saying like, yeah, I like Charlie Morton, but I can't trust it because he's old. And like, so I'd always take someone else always. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, just take the dude. But now I'll probably buy him next year. I'll get injured like in the first month and it all goes to crap again. Um, the yeah. other guy I want to ask you being a Red Sox guy. And this was a fun discussion. Where do you think Chris Sale goes? Uh, I mean, probably ahead of Verlander, probably yeah. even earlier, because he's gonna, especially if he continues to look as he's, you know, like he's looking down the stretch, he's probably going in the second round. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So the way he's shown me enough already, and they've kind of let him get closer to that hundred pitch mark, and obviously, I think he will because they need to keep winning games. He had the strikeout stuff's there, even that last game where he gave up runs, such a fluky disaster, like just ridiculous. They were showing the X batting average on some of those hits, like just dumb what took place there. I have him like, depending on how much starting pitcher gets pushed up, like early second, maybe he skids into the back end of the first round type thing. I think yeah. he's one of those guys. If you want to go pocket aces in the back end, if you're in the back end, I think he's going to be very, very nice. Like I think you're getting Chris Sale, so we're on the same page there as well. Uh, the one other question I had for you from Simon P. He asks, sadly, starting to think about next year for his NL only league. What kind of role do you see for? Um, he has a couple questions. Okay, so what role do you see for these three pitchers? Uh, Adbert Alzale. Do you see him being a regular starter for the Cubs? I think so. They need to. They don't have a choice yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, what about Ryan Weathers? Because he's been a, a mess for San Diego. Yeah, I have I have Ryan Weathers dynasty shares, and I don't know what to do with them anymore because I, you know. I was kind of like out on Mackenzie Gore because that was a disaster. And I pretty much replaced my Mackenzie Gore shares with Ryan Weathers more so because I didn't foresee keeping Gore based on the format. And I also like needed innings this year. So I went with Weathers and it's also been bad. And so I don't know. I was higher on Weathers a few months ago than I am now. Now I'm concerned and I don't really love it. I'm kind of with you. Like I wasn't all aboard the train, but I did not expect him to be like this. I expected something kind of better than this. And the other guy he mentioned, Ranger Suarez, who I think if he's starting, we're both pretty much in agreement. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. As, as long as he continues to finish the year strong, I'm, I'll be intrigued. Yeah, no doubt about it. But all right, Mike, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, before we head on out of here, again, plug all your great content and everything and where they can find you. Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Mayer. The last name uh, is M-A-H-E-R. It's pronounced Mayer, but spelled, you know, not like Mayer. But <laughs> uh, and you can find me on fantasy uh, over, you know, writing at fantasy pros 
doing football and baseball content, uh, you know, at least for the rest of the month and then going forward doing football content for the season. I've been doing a lot of DFS stuff for fantasy pros. That I'm really excited about. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to checking out more and more of your work and more stuff. Fantasy pros, like I said, uh, Joe's a good, good buddy of mine. So it's been fun watching the growth there. I know it's something he's wanted forever. So uh, I just got, got to meet Joe in person uh, a couple weeks ago. For the first you had the draft in New York there or whatever. In New Jersey, yeah. New Jersey, yeah. No, he's. I would love to meet him someday. He just doesn't leave. He doesn't leave that area of the country. He doesn't come anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna have to go to him. Is what it's gonna come yeah. down to. He so. lives. We found out he lives like ten minutes from me because I live in New Jersey and he lives like oh. two towns over. Nice. I feel like I know what his house is like and everything because everything he posts over social media. It's like I know his yeah. whole thing, even the front yard and everything. Like I know everything about Joe. But uh, that sounds really stalker-esque, so make sure he knows that. <laughs> I'm watching you, Joe. But, um, Mike, I appreciate you joining me. It's, uh, it was fun chatting with you. I'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. All right, everybody. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 400 with Mike Mayer of Fantasy Pros. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>